And there it is. The red light comes on. We're live. It's a Noodleberg Daily Huddle. Yes, we're streaming through Steve Noodleberg's page. No, you do not see Steve Noodleberg. We have 1,000% upgraded the looks of the show because with us today, we have a very special guest. We have Christy Ruiz, who is here from City Furniture. Welcome to the show, Christy. Thank you. This is so exciting. I feel honored to be able to sit in Steve's seat for a day. I'm glad. (laughs) And for those of you that are wondering where Steve is, where in the world is Steve Noodleberg? He got jury duty today. So he was planning on being here, but his civic duty has called him to the courthouse in Palm Beach today. And, you know, you just never know. Sometimes you show up at the courthouse and then you don't ever leave. So we're hoping that he makes it out of the courthouse today. Hopefully it's a short one, but uh, yeah. we're happy to be here in the meantime. This is super fun. Shay and I were having a conversation. Have you ever had jury duty? I did. However, I mean, I, I got selected to go, but I got dismissed when I was there. Coincidentally, somebody else from City Furniture was selected for the same one. And that's why they dismissed me. They kept him. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> what are the chances of that, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's such an interesting process, you know, because uh, Jay and I were talking about it. They have to have enough people selected to actually get a jury because... It's like a whole process of selecting who they want on the actual jury. So there's a chance that you get selected for jury duty, but you don't actually get selected for the actual jury. And then if you do get selected as the jury, what case you get, whether or not it's like a minor traffic infraction or it's like a murder case, you've got no idea what's coming next. Yeah, I uh, if I got selected, I hope it's a good one. Just something interesting enough to keep your uh, keep you paying attention and and but not dangerous enough where your decision could have residual outcomes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly right. Well, welcome to the show. We're excited to be here today. Shay, give us the wake up music, and then we are going to jump right in. Awesome. Welcome back, Christy. That is, you know, you're, you're in the huddle every day. You're always watching. You're always in the comments and sharing with everybody. Do you have your own wake-up music? This is my wake-up music. And believe it or not, this is my kids' wake-up music, too, because often when I'm in the huddle, we're driving to school and doing drop-offs. So my four-year-old in particular, uh, he jams out. He likes it. I really have to remember that there are kids watching the show sometimes because while I'm okay with the language flying around Kai, I know that not everybody has that same mentality. I've taken your approach of saying that those are adult words, you know, those are adult words and you can't say them. (laughs) Yeah, It just seems to work better for me. Like, I'm not going to explain it away. Look, it is what it is. When you decide, you know, when we decide you're old enough to say it, then you can make a decision on whether or not you want to use it. 
But until then, don't let it come out of your mouth. Exactly. I love it. Well, for <laughs> all of the people in the crowd who do not know you, would you introduce yourself to everybody and kind of give us your story? I know your story. I know where you come from. I know your background. But let everybody else in on who Christy is. Yeah, absolutely. So I am Christy Ruiz. I um, am a South Florida native for the most part, grew up down here. I went to the University of Florida, go Gators, even though they've been a little disappointing this season. And um, I'm an athlete growing up and Mark and I have connected a lot over the similarities between sports and coaching and leadership. And I currently work for City Furniture. I am the vice president of sales at City Furniture, and I have been there for quite some time. I've been there for about 18 years and counting. So uh, that's my story in a nutshell. I also have uh, two amazing sons, a four-year-old and a seven-year-old. That's awesome. And you graduated from Cardinal Gibbons, correct? Just so that I all of the other South Florida natives know you hail from one of the best schools east of 95. I did go to Gibbons. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what year I graduated. However, I did say 18 years with City, so you can work backwards from that. And you were a basketball player, right? I did. I played basketball and volleyball. Basketball was really where my heart was, but I loved volleyball also. I was just much better at basketball. But Gibbons has a solid um, athletics program overall, so a lot of great learnings there. That's really awesome. And then how did you end up with City Furniture? That is a funny story. So I actually knew Keith's daughter and she's my age and she went to St. Thomas, which was a big rival, but there's a lot of uh, overlap with friendships there. And so when we were both at UF together, Keith used to come up, he's also a Gator, and he would come up and take all the girls out to dinner. And he would say, I need females in the organization. Who wants to come work for me? And at the time, they were just building an internship program. So I needed money. I liked the idea of, of testing out my selling skills. So I signed up to do it. And so I started as an intern. And I had a great summer that year. And I came back. And here I am 18 years later. That's incredible. And through that journey, always on the sales side of the business? Or have you bounced around and been back and forth? No, I am all sales. I started as an intern, worked my way up to uh, managing different showrooms, different size showrooms, both sides of the business. We, oper uh, we operate the Ashley and City sides and eventually moved into a regional director role and have been in the vice president role for about two or three years now. That's awesome. And we're going to talk a ton about leadership. That's going to be the second half of the show, the major content. But before we get to that, Obviously, you see the background. We know that it's happening in all of the stores. Uh, you know, Andrew has done an unbelievable job of talking about turn the city pink every single day. It's all over social media. He's doing a great job. You guys are pushing pink pumpkins in the store. Talk to us. Give us a little bit of an update about how you guys are doing as an organization and what, aside from scanning that QR code or being a part of our LinkedIn event next Friday, how they might get involved. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, thank you to all of you, all of the huddlers, everybody in your networks that has supported this initiative. The Pink Pumpkins is one of our biggest campaigns out of the year. Um, I know many of you also are collecting funds and doing your own things to contribute to the American Cancer Society. So whatever you're doing, all of it's awesome. But in terms of Pink Pumpkins, um, Andrew's had a pretty uh, lofty, what we'd call a stretch goal, and he wants to raise $500,000 for the American Cancer Society in Q4, so October, uh, October, November, December. However, the big push is going to come in October, which is the Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So 
we are doing a few different things, but so far to date, just 17, 18 days in, we have raised over $175,000, not including the get on the ball contribution, the generous contribution of your team. So you guys put us over 200K so far, which is uh, really cool to see. And 75,000 of that has come from the test rest initiative. So any of you that are in South Florida, Central Florida, or the West Coast of Florida, if you have an extra 15, 20 minutes to spare and want to pop into one of our stores and let a sales expert comfort fit you for a mattress, it takes less than 15 minutes, but $25 goes towards American Cancer Society and you get 25 bucks. I think that's so the greatest thing. Like all I have to do is go lay on a mattress and you guys are going to give $25 in my name to, you know, breast cancer awareness and to the big pink pumpkins. I think that's a super cool initiative. You know, that kind of leads us into the conversation of working together, right? Like our partnership isn't just what we do together in work. It's what we do together in the community and how we're trying to raise these funds together. But part of what's so great is some of the processes that we've created together, some of the work we've done together from your eyes, because you actually get to work with both my dad and myself through this partnership. What's it like working with On The Ball for you? It has been, honestly, it's been incredible. It's been a really um, eye-opening opportunity. And so just for everybody, um, just to give a little bit of context, I work with Steve primarily for my own development. And then I work with Mark a lot to develop my team. So it's really interesting to see the differences and similarities in their approach. They've both provided really, really insightful feedback. And, you know, I give them a lot of credit and, and I can speak to Mark in particular with my team that they have come, they've, they've learned so much just in the last year, year and a half that we've been working with you. And for Steve, I credit him with a lot of my own development. So you guys have just been incredible. I highly recommend if you aren't already working with them, sign up, do it. It's awesome. <laughs> they're, they're very honest. And that's the type of feedback I like is I don't want to, you know, beat around the bush. I don't want sugarcoating. I don't want you to tell me I'm great if I'm not. Like, tell me what's going on. Give me honest feedback and point out, you know, my blind spots. So I appreciate all of it so far. Lori makes a great point. She said, city paves the leadership path. And, and I really love that she said that because that's why working with the organization is so great because you guys all as an organization embody that growth mindset. And you talk about stretch goals coming from AK, right? Like everything is a stretch goal, everything. And, but both between Andy and AK, they're pushing that envelope of what's possible, right? My dad talks about that all the time when dealing with people. It's not about what we want. It's what do you think is possible? What's possible? How far can we reach? And so you guys have done so much in a little over a year that we've been working with, not only to develop your people and kudos to you guys for investing in the development of your people at all levels, but also changing the culture, right? Like I don't want people to think that this is your first time on a morning show because we've actually created the city furniture morning show with you guys. And you're a huge star in that show. <laughs> I don't know if I'd say a huge star, although it is pretty entertaining when I go into showrooms and people are like, I see you on TV. And I'm like, Oh, it's city TV. <laughs> but, um, but we do, we do a daily morning show and it's, it's actually really cool. And I'm not on it every day. I'm on it quite a bit with Andy and, you know, we rotate different people, but it's it's one of the biggest initiatives this past year has been on improving communication. And that's just one avenue that we're using. And that's thanks to you guys. So we do appreciate it very much. You guys have helped 
us see the benefits and a lot of video communication, a lot of streamlining instead of, you know, all the time it takes to reach out individually. So you guys have done a great job. Uh, we appreciate that. And you guys have done a great job adopting it. I mean, for those of you who have not seen it, get into a city furniture early in the day, get to see them, you know, coming together as a group, the energy they bring to going to work, the video that they show and the hosts that are on it. We've created intro and outro music for you guys, which is really, really cool. And I think it's just great to see the way it's affected the culture, the way it affects the way people go to work, the way communication gets passed. It's really awesome. And kudos to you guys because you've done an amazing job at it. Thank you. And, you know, the the 2.0 version that we recently implemented is a, a live Q&A weekly. So that's actually pretty cool when we have 800 plus associates being able to talk to them, you know, on a weekly basis and answer their questions. So very cool. A lot of it's spinning from your web. So we appreciate everything you guys have shared. And one last pumpkin plug. Um, today yeah. I'm wearing pink, you might notice. And October 20th is actually Dorian's birthday. So our city family wears pink on her birthday every year. And so if you go into any of our city stores, you'll see an overwhelming amount of pink today. But we do it to honor her and, and her fight against breast cancer. I'm going to change my outfit as soon as the show is done. I wish you would have told me prior to the show starting, I would have put on pink, but awesome stuff. Let's celebrate Doreen today. Let everybody wear pink, give to the pink pumpkins, figure out a way, whether you're going to give your time and go get on a mattress, whether you're going to invest in yourself and get better with the Learn LinkedIn Like a Pro next Friday, or whether you're just going to scan that QR code and give 5 10 15 20 $25, whatever it is. Uh, you know, do what you can to help it. So let's get to some motivational morning music, and then we will come back and we will talk about your leadership style. We'll talk about what we can learn from Colin Powell, and we'll talk about leadership in general. <laughs> So very appropriate morning motivational music for a couple of reasons. Yes, we all know that Tom Petty was a gator. He comes, hails from Gainesville, um, but also today would have been his birthday. So no better way to celebrate uh, Tom Petty, no better way to celebrate Gainesville and the Gators 
then sharing his music. And that's one of my all-time favorites. I remember I used to listen to that show on the bus on the way into stadiums almost every Saturday. It just was that it reminded me like, hey, like enjoy these moments, you know, like you're running down a dream. This is something that you've been working towards your entire life, your entire career, this entire week to get to that point. So make sure that you enjoy this ride in because you never know what's going to happen in the next 60 minutes. I love it. I am a huge Petty fan and I got to see the I won't back down in the in the swamp a couple weeks ago, which when I went to school there, they weren't doing that. So I love it. It's a great. great yeah, really, really cool thing that they did as a, as a university, the University of Florida, playing that at the end of every third quarter in between the third and fourth quarters to honor Tom Petty after he passed away. It was uh, it was super cool. Jake was there for the first time that it happened. And I knew that Jim McElwain was a big Tom Petty fan. Like Coach McElwain and I used to sit in the locker room and listen to music together. Big Tom Petty fan. And when like it, we were in the middle of a game and it was the first time that they had done that. And he's like really took himself out of the game and just listened to the song, enjoyed the fans. And like it was a really cool moment to see it happen. It's super cool. Such a great vibe. Huge improvement from the, the two bits they used to do when I was there. <laughs> <laughs> Which they still do. They've just moved that to the beginning of the game to yeah. get it out of the way. <laughs> awesome. Well, so there's a lot to talk about here. And I kind of want to talk about both your philosophy and leadership because you come from a sports background. You and I both have talked about how to develop as a coach and continue to develop as a coach throughout your career, Colin Powell passed away earlier this week. He left 13 rules of effective leadership that we're able to talk about and bounce back and forth on. But if you had the number one quality or the number one trait that you needed in order to be in leadership or be an effective leader, what do you think it is? The number one trait, I know it's said often, but I, I relate to this heavily, is um, is empathy. And the second part I would say is listening. I think both of those are such important traits to be able to connect with your team, build trust, and develop people. It's interesting. I was listening to, to Gino Ariema, who just put out his master's class on how to develop leaders, how to develop teams. And he's really great to listen to. Obviously, you love Gino from the basketball world. But when he, when he talks about how to identify leaders, he says the number one thing somebody has to be willing to do or somebody has to embody in order to be in a leadership role is be willing to accept the responsibility of failure. If they're not willing to accept the responsibility of everybody else's shortcomings, of their own shortcomings, of whatever failures out there, then they'll never be able to be in a leadership role in his organization, which is something that most people don't talk about. Most people talk about, oh, can they communicate? You know, are they, can they build relationships? All of that is very important. But if they're not willing to take ownership of whatever's happening around them and being responsible for it, you know, can they be successful without that? I thought that was a great point. Yeah, I think ownership is, is a huge element. That's something that a lot of people learn along the way. It's not something a lot of people come into leadership with. But ownership also then allows you to fail and allows you to learn from failing. 
because everybody's going to fail at different points in your in your day, in your career, in your week, whatever it might be. But learning from those mistakes, owning your role in it and what could have been done differently and then making changes. You know, that's how you get better every day. That so so shout out to Lori because she says very true. Failure is inevitable. You said it. Failure is inevitable. Most people spend their lives trying to avoid failure. But once you fail and you realize failure is not fatal, right? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, I failed, but I didn't die. It's not the end of the world. It allows you to really figure out, okay, then what do I do with it now? Because that, that I think is the most important piece. What are some of those failures maybe that you had that led you to be able to become such a great leader? I watch you with your team. I've seen what you've done inside the organization. You do such a great job. How did you get to that point? Oh, man. I mean, I failed along the way many different times. And I think, um, you know, the biggest one for me is, is one of my biggest failures was not giving, not giving people an opportunity to really show, you know, share ideas, bring something to a lot of times it's always like, I have an idea, let's do this. And the reality is, yeah, I might have an idea, but they may have 10 ideas and their ideas might be way better than mine. And how do we work together? And how do we take some of this and some of that? Um, another area that I failed in um, early on in my career was um, not prioritizing the right things. I was often very much in the business and mm. not prioritizing the people and their needs and kind of taking a step out, step back and seeing where I could be more effective, how I can help them see things from their perspective or just zoom out and see things from a different perspective altogether. So learning how to do those things were was huge for me. And, and I try and, and share that with my team today is, is, you know, step back, see what's happening in there without you in it. And, you know, there's a saying that we use, which is this exercise that we do, which is, you know, we make people sit in this row and flip pennies and what's the best way to do it. And they don't know because they're doing it. And then we pull them out and have them watch it. And they're like, oh, my gosh, that person's doing this wrong. And this person's doing that. And it's like, because they're not, you're not in it, you know, yep. and it's very eye opening. I think that's a huge opportunity for leaders to grow is you can't fail at giving people the opportunity to fail. It's so hard to have a team of people that you feel responsible for that you want to be successful so badly that you actually handicap them by trying to do too much for them, right? The real successful leaders that I've been around, the people that that helped me experience the most amount of growth were the people that gave me the most responsibility, the people that actually didn't give me the step-by-step -step on how to do mm -hmm. everything, but just gave me responsibilities with deadlines and said, figure it out. And if you need help, don't hesitate to ask me. But passing that that opportunity of failure to people is so hard because you feel like you're responsible for their success. So if they fail, then you fail them. But actually, it's your job to allow them to fail in order to be able to coach them through it, right? Yeah, totally. In my I love end, it. Well, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, in our environment, given that I've spent so many years in sales and it's performance-driven, that sometimes that opportunity to fail slows down the results. And that's one of the areas where, you know, I'm, like I mentioned, I'm an athlete, I'm competitive, I want to win. I don't want to miss the target this week, this month, this day. And sometimes by giving people that opportunity to figure it out on their own, it takes a little longer, which is okay. But then it's also, there's more buy-in, it's more sustainable, et cetera. So.
I love it. That's an unbelievable point to end on that it might not be the best thing in the short term to hit the, the, the goal or the KPI that you've laid out, but it probably is the best thing for the long-term success of the organization because of how it develops the people and the process and not just hits the number. Excellent job, Christy. That is a mic drop for the show. I love it. Thank you so much for being on the show this morning. Thank you so much for being authentic and transparent and sharing what it is that you failed in and how you got to, to where you are. If people want to get in touch with you, how should they get in touch with you? They can connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm uh, Christy Ruiz and you can find me through uh, the Nudelberg network. If you can't find me on my own <laughs> I love uh, or it. you can find me at city furniture, but, um, but thank you, Mark. I really appreciate you guys having me on. This was fun. I enjoy listening to you guys every day. So it's fun to contribute. Awesome. Thank you, Christy, for being on the show. Have a great day today. Get after it. Let's get down to business. Please don't worry about me. I'm about to let my heart speak. My friends keep telling me to leave this. So let's get down, let's get down to business. Let's get down, let's get down to business. Give you one more night, one more night to get this. We've had a